What I want to talk to you about is simply this, gratitude and the connection to increase in your life, particularly in a season like COVID. I'm going to start with Psalm 100, verse 4. It simply says this, enter his gates with what? With thanksgiving in his courts, with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. I say this to me, this is a standing order for the child of God. It's not based on circumstances or what you're going through. It's a standing order or director from God. It tells us that we're to enter in. And that's how we manifest uh, the right attitude and the right perspective as we come together in His name. Psalm 107 verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord for He is, and His mercy endures forever. That means there's mercy left over for you and for me. Aren't you glad for that today? Colossians 3.15 says this, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And listen to these words, and be what? Thankful. Say that with me, and be thankful. Did you know there's a connection between shalom, or the God kind of peace, and your heart of gratitude? The more thankful you are, the more at peace you're going to be. And this scripture we just read from the screen, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, Rejoice always. When? Always. Rejoice always, the scripture says. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now it doesn't say give thanks for, for all circumstances. It says to give thanks what? In all circumstances. Now raise your hand if you've been in some circumstances this year. The question is, have you maintained that spirit of praise and that attitude of gratitude? Well, what is gratitude? It's simply the quality of being thankful or readiness to show appreciation and then to return the kindness. It literally means grace, graciousness, or gratefulness. Say it with me. I'm a grateful person. I have gratitude towards the Lord and for every good thing in my life. Gratitude acknowledges God's goodness in the past. I want you just to to pause right there and think about that. Can you raise your hand and say, God's been good to you? If you never did another thing, has he been good? Yes. Yes, if your perspective is right, you'll notice that he's been moving in your life all your life. His unseen hand has been there even when you weren't all that faithful. Aren't you glad he's faithful even when we're not? He was there. We acknowledge, of course, his presence and his activity in our past and his goodness in our past that releases power in the present. How many of you could use his power in the days we're living in right now? But it also does this. It connects us to his favor and victory in the future. In other words, thanksgiving or gratitude has an impact in terms of your life and what's already happened, in terms of where you are today, and in terms of where you are going. In fact, I want to say it to you like this. There is an anointing on thanksgiving and gratitude that when it's employed, it removes burdens from your life and destroys yokes. Say it with me, an anointing. The burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. When we are grateful, when we are people that are thankful, it actually releases supernatural power into our lives. And if we bow down to you know, the discouragement and the defeat and things that have happened this year and any year. You know, this isn't the first year where bad things have happened to some good people. Come on, can I have a better amen than that? Like, oh, dear God, 2020. It's like bad's never happened before. 
No, in this room, it could line you up and you could testify how you went through things and God brought you out. Amen. How many know God is the bringer of out? He'll take you out. He's the God of the breakthrough. And he has been good to us and he is on the move right now with this anointing. And if you have a revelation of it today, you'll employ it more and more. And you'll say, you know what? This isn't about some day we call Thanksgiving. It's not about some course on the screen. It's not even about some sermon on Thanksgiving. It actually is a lifestyle. You're either living a lifestyle of gratitude or you're living far below that. And if you are living below your privileges, and you say, well, it's easy for you to say when everything's going on. Can I tell you something? Don't ever judge a spiritual book by its cover. You have no idea what people are going through just because on the outside it looks like they got all figured out. You may be going through some things right now that other people are not, but I can tell you there's a God that loves you and cares about you, and you're going to find out today that if you'll put your thanksgiving back in your heart and your mouth, you're going to see him increase you supernaturally. That's the power of God. There's a connection between gratitude and increase. You know, I was driving back into town yesterday, and I saw out in this field this huge, beautiful tree And there was not one leaf on that tree. And it was all alone in the middle of the fields. Like for some reason the farmer decided to leave it there. And nothing else. Just this this big beautiful tree with not one single leaf on it. And I believe the Lord gave me a word for you today. Poke to some folks of mine and say he's talking about you. And if they're too far away to poke, air poke them right now. Just go ahead and air poke them in Jesus' name. I was looking at this tree, and the Spirit of God began to talk to me that, you know, there have been attempts to cut that thing down. Through the years, there have been attempts to uproot that at various stages of its life. There have been attempts literally to to blow it down with the winds and the rains and the circumstances that uh, it encountered. And the Lord spoke these words to me that, Like that tree, your life, suddenly it's going to bloom like it's never bloomed before. It's going to fill up every single limb, every single twig, and it's going to look beautiful from the outside. And here's the word for you. It's not just going to have the appearance of flourishing. It's going to have the fruit to go with it in Jesus' name. Now say it with me, I am flourishing and I am fruitful. Right now this year may seem anything but flourishing and fruitful, but our eyes are not on a calendar. Who told the church to put its eyes on a clock or a checkbook or a calendar? Our eyes should be on the Word of God. And he tells us he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he who began a good work in you will complete it. And some devil or some human being, whatever, comes across your path to tell you that God's not going to complete his plan in your life. He's not going to complete what he started. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Come on, shout out. God has a purpose and a plan for me. We acknowledge his goodness in the past. We, of course, acknowledge that he is working in our lives today, and it connects us to victory and favor in our future. You know, there's uh, much you can't control in this crisis. And that bothers some of y'all, because some of y'all are extreme control freaks. Not just tiny control freaks, but you are big control freaks. And you can't control a lot of things that are going on. From the edicts that are made from Frankfurt. Just leave it alone, Pastor Art. Just leave it alone. (laughs) To the circumstances with schools, the situations with businesses. There are a lot of things you can't control. But I tell you what, you can control this. 
you can control your level of gratitude because it is not a function of the emotions. It's a function of your will. I can will today to say I have control over my outlook. I have control over how I perceive things. I have control over my attitude. And I'm going to be filled with thanksgiving and gratitude today and every day as a lifestyle. Are you here today? We have control over that. Our gratitude level exposes our faith level, our appreciation level, and our expectation level. Glory to God. In Genesis 12, 12, the Bible spoke of Abraham who began to line his life up with God and obey God. He said to him these words. He said, and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you with abundant increase of favor. Come on, say it with me. He will bless me with abundant increase of favors. When you're where you need to be, do what you need to do. You, you are honoring God and his word. He has set you up to give you an, an abundant, not just an increase, an abundant increase of favors. You know what? This is not your worst year. This is the setup for the best year of your life. It's the year of triumph. Hallelujah. And we're not just talking about what you can do in the natural. I mean, you know, what you can do is limited, but what he can do is unlimited. He can do all things. and He does all things well. He has a million ways to increase you with abundance and favors this year. Do you believe that today? Say, my God's on the job. And he goes on to say, make your name great and distinguished, and you will be a blessing, dispensing, the Amplified says, dispensing good to others. That's ultimately why he blessed Abraham, why he blesses us, so that we can be a blessing to others. Look at somebody and say, I'm a goodness dispenser. Now, how many understand you can't be a goodness dispenser when you're a negativity dispenser? That gratitude is going to have to be there in your heart. See, gratitude is an anointing that removes burdens and destroys yokes. It blocks things from your life. Listen carefully. For example, it's an aggravation blocker. There's lots of opportunities to get aggravated. If COVID wasn't bad enough, go to a store during COVID. And you'll see all kinds of humanity. Hello? But if you'll stop at that moment and instead of allowing aggravation to take root in your heart, you begin to thank God for something. Well, I've been standing, sitting in this, you know, fast food lane because the restaurants are closed. I've been sitting there now for 25 minutes, and I'll tell you what, it's just ridiculous. People just make me sick. Now watch this. Or... You could be sitting there saying, thank God I have a car to sit in. And it didn't run out of gas while it was sitting here. And the person in front of me is not smoking with the window down. Can we talk? And when I get up to the window, I've got money to pay. Thank God there's food left for me to eat. And all of a sudden, just those little thank yous completely blocked that aggravation. You and I don't think that way because the thing that's aggravating us right then and there, that's the important thing. No, I'm telling you that everything you're failing to thank God for, that's the important thing. That aggravation doesn't mean anything in the end. It'll block, number two, depression from your life. You have a choice because 99% of what people go through 
is relative to spiritual forces and lifestyle choices and things that can be dealt with. There are people with clinical depression, but can I tell you something? Oftentimes, this thing will come on people and a little imp will begin to talk to them about how terrible everything is and how horrible everything is. And then if you're not careful, you'll start agreeing with that voice. And down goes your mood. I was going to tell you, you can block that if you begin to thank God for all the good things you have. Well, I don't have this, I don't have this, I don't have this, and I don't have this. Well, what do you have? It's called self-depression, and it afflicts a lot of people, and all COVID-19 is, throws gasoline on an already raging fire. But what do you have? Well, there ain't nothing in life left. You know, all this has happened, all this is terrible, all this has been torn from my life, but what is there? First of all, there's a God that loves you. Second of all, there's a God that sent his son to die for you. Amen. Instead of thinking about all that is wrong, block it with some gratitude. Come on, turn to somebody and say, I'm a depression blocker. With my thankful heart. You can, number three, uh, block negativity from your life. Say negativity. You can be real negative right now. If you wanted to be. Maybe spend all your time articulating how, how negative you feel to everybody. That's not going to produce anything. But why don't I just thank God for what's going right? You still live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Amen. You still live in God's country. Currently possessed by a dictator, but you live in God's country. And... Uh, <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. I'll just tell you this much. and uh, He helps us with some, some uh, business areas in the church. And he was telling me that he actually works with the governor's council. And uh, when all this happened, he began to shift responsibilities for getting in contact with, uh, you know, boards of different organizations across the country to inform them and communicate with them. And he was uh, telling me that uh, he talks to the governor a couple of times a week. And I said, well, okay, well, would you give him a message for me? <laughs> trust me the message I wanted to give him was not the message that I gave him and he, he said well I go I go to so-and-so church and I said well that's great he said we're not meeting right now I said well that's not scriptural <laughs> just a you know normal casual conversation like a him in the head with a baseball bat he's a super fellow and I said, I tell you what, since you talk to the governor twice a week, you tell him this, you know, I don't agree with most of his policies, but tell him we're praying for him. Because that's what we should be doing, amen? None of us would really like that particular job and responsibility. But the point is, you can get negative about everything. Or you can get excited. This is the time we celebrate the coming of the Son of God to die for you and for me. This is a joyous time, amen? You know what Emmanuel means? It means God with us, not God against us. Amen, he came and he dwelt among us and he lived and he ministered and he died. He was raised from the dead and he's sitting on the throne. And I'll tell you what I believe right now, he's sitting on the edge of his seat, ready for the Father to say, go finish this thing. Amen. Glory to God. Block that negativity. Number four, if you're not careful, you'll get into a, a season of pity in your life. Well, gratitude's a pity blocker. Have you ever noticed that nobody ever shows up for your pity party? 
What's the point of having a party if you're the only one that's there? Get you a real tall little hat, you know, with an elastic band, and you just pity party. No. But you can block that. You can block that. Do you know today that in this message, just one word from God can change your life forever? You can walk out of here free. But you need to block that pity with an attitude of gratitude. It'll block confusion in your life. I don't know what to do. I don't know how we're going to handle this. I can't figure this out. Lord, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, first of all, stop saying, what am I going to do? Because we've seen what you can do. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? You did it already. God's saying, now let me in. <laughs> let me in, and I can fix the thing. No, if you'll just thank him, you'll be amazed how God ideas will slip into your spirit. The wisdom of God will come and be available to you the more you thank him and you praise him. Amen. But if all you do is sit there and meditate about what's wrong and trying to worry over what's wrong, listen, that's not going to happen. You need to block that confusion. Uh, number six, you need to block that worry. All worry is is perpetual fear. 99% of the time, what you worry about never comes to pass. But you'd be amazed what gratitude will do. You got this little thing you're worried about, and you forgot all the other things that are right and good in your life. Who do you think is amplifying what's wrong? Who do you think is magnifying what's wrong in your life? The devil is. And you need to recognize that he is a liar and the father of lies. He's a thief. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly to the full till it overflows. And if you were here a couple of Wednesday night, God wants you to have a superfluous life. I just lost some of you. So overwhelming, it seems unnecessary that you would be that blessed by God. Amen. He does not care about the situation with need. He wants to overwhelm you with his goodness. Amen. But you need to block that worry. Amen? Remember your old cheers from high school days? Block that punt. <laughs> block that worry. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say he's preaching better than you're smiling right now. Number seven, you need to get, get used to using thanksgiving to block your doubt. Believe what God said. Well, I don't know if this is going to happen. Block it with thanksgiving. Just shut down what the enemy is telling you by forcefully thanking God and giving him praise. In this room, there are lots of things to thank God for. Over there sits brother and sister Lewis. Hallelujah. Apparently, they... Apparently, they share everything in life, including COVID-19. Amen. Today, no one's rushing in here to shut us down. No one's saying on this platform, you can't preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can't teach the word of God. If you look for things, you know, that line up with, with what God is saying and thank him and praise him for those, you'll be amazed how the rest of the doubt in your life will just kind of wisp away. Amen. Glory to God. Say it with me. I'm a believer, not a doubter. I mean, you know, this is a season of miracles, not a season of doubters. Yes, amen. I had to mail a package uh, across the country, and it was 
um, you know, paid for express postage. And um, these days, you know, they used to say, I oh, don't send it to the post office, you know, send it to FedEx or UPS because they're a lot more reliable. Well, those days are gone. So just go any, any, you know, and then <laughs> just pick a shipper. Well, in this particular case, it made all the way across the country to the Rochester, New York distribution point and then sat there. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, sat there. So I finally get a hold of the, the local postmaster who says, I'll look into it and, and I'll get back to you. Now, how many understand when they say something like that? They ain't getting back to you. I mean, you, you're going to turn into a stone waiting for them to get back to you. Well, lo and behold, a few hours later, he calls me back. He said, uh, it's, it's not here at the facility. It's still over the distribution point. I said, well, what's it do to the distribution point? You know, it's an express package. He goes, I don't know. But I'll send an email over there, and we'll get it over here. And so, uh, you know, I come back. How's it going? Well, we, we got it now, and it's sitting here. And I said, uh, you know, I appreciate all your extra efforts. All you probably hear all year long are complaints in your position. Where is this? And where is that? And that didn't happen. And this didn't happen. You know, exists, a lot of that stuff is out of their control. And I just took the time to thank him. And he, knew, he wasn't prepared to be thanked. <laughs> he was prepared to be grilled or something, you know. But you know what happened is the supervisor of that shift took the package I sent, and it just so happened that the addressee was just across the street from the post office in Rochester, New York. The supervisor, under his arm, just packed it over there, walked across the street, and delivered it personally to the, post, uh, to the recipient. You know why I believe that happened that way? I believe it because I asked God. I thanked him. I said, I thank you for a way to get this thing fixed. I didn't want that package ending up in the United States Postal Service purgatory somewhere. <laughs> I wanted him to be free, a little package, free. <laughs> but the image of this supervisor personally taking the package across the road, across the highway, and delivering it to that storefront, I thought, that's just wonderful. Look at somebody and say, gratitude. I'll get you a lot further than your lousy attitude. I mean, turn to somebody and say, shape up. Glory to God. Are you still here today? What I see in Scripture, I want to encourage you with today, is that there is a connection between gratitude and increase. Say that with me, gratitude and increase. Raise your hand if you want to increase supernaturally. I don't care, okay, that's all right. But how many want to increase supernaturally? You can't do it all by yourself. In Matthew 14, 13 through 21, that's interesting that before Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fishes, he gave thanks. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four, the scripture says, before he broke the bread, he gave thanks. When you study the original Greek, you'll find, you'll find out that this particular word is where we derive our religious term, Eucharist, from. If you were raised in the high church, Catholic church, Episcopal church, Lutheran church, you're very familiar with the term Eucharist because that's what they called our celebration of communion. But do you know literally Eucharist, it literally means giving thanks. 
is borrowed from the, from the koine and, and religified, of course, by those that follow the Lord. What does it mean? It means that he was giving thanks before they partook of the Passover, before they partook of what was he going to be instituting a new covenant through his blood and by his body. He gave thanks for the results of what he was about to do on the cross. And how many know he did build and advance the kingdom of God? But the increase followed the thanks. Now, if you're like me, you want to have the increase and then thank him for it. And that's perfectly appropriate. But if you really want to see supernatural increase this year, you need to thank him first. Come on, say it. I thank you, Father. I thank you, my Father, for supernatural increase in every area of my life. When he did that, the fishes and the loaves were, were multiplied and they carried all 12 baskets full from just what? A two-piece fish dinner and some crackers. Are you here today? In Luke 17, the Bible tells us of 10 lepers that cried out to Jesus, have mercy. He said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they did, as they obeyed God, the leprosy disappeared. Wasn't that wonderful? And they all saw that they were cleansed. So by the time they go to the priests, they're actually going to have the physical proof of what they claim in terms of their body. But one of them did what, church? One of them came back, falling at his feet. You just see him there, grabbed a hold of his legs. The scripture says, and the Greek indicates, he couldn't stop thanking God for what was given to him. Now watch this. How many glad all ten were cleansed of leprosy? But this man, Jesus said, was made whole. If there was a finger missing, it grew back. If there was a foot missing, it grew back. Everything that pertains to his redemption in terms spiritually, physically, or materially was restored to this man because he came back to do what? Give thanks. I tell you, there's no limit to what God can do if there's no limit to your thanksgiving. There's no limit to what he can do if there's no limit to your gratitude for what he has already done and what he can do through his word in your life. Now, how many know he's really just begun? Sounds like a carpenter song. He's really just begun. How many believe that today? In John chapter 11, his good friend Lazarus was dead. But before he ever pulled that trigger so that life would come and victory would come out of that situation, you know what he did? He thanked God. You and I want to thank him after the miracle. God's telling you, thank him all the time. Thank him before and there will be an increase in favors. There will be an increase in power, an increase in material, an increase in life if you learn to have this lifestyle of gratitude. And not this punctuated situation where you live your life in negativity and, and self-pity and depression and criticism and every once in a while you slip into thanksgiving. No, you need to live in thanksgiving and let the grumpy be the exception. Turn to somebody and say, run up there, Pastor Dart's going to cast the grumpy out of you. Because all you're doing is becoming a self-fulfilling prophet at that point in time. 
but having a spirit, an attitude of gratitude. Listen, God's going to do things in you and, and through you you've never seen before. What does this look like? Well, first of all, it looks like, you know, a heart that is full of thanksgiving, a thankful heart. What does that mean? Your thoughts and your meditation are of God. Thank you for what you have done. Well, I tell you, I can't believe all the people sick and all the people that have died in this country and what they've gone through. You know, this is just crazy the way things are being managed. Can I tell you something? To have two vaccines at, not, at better than 95% success rate in the time it's taken since March to here is a miracle from God. And he ought to be thanked for it. Regardless of your attitude about vaccine, the point is that doesn't happen. It normally takes three, four, five years to produce these kinds of results. It's like God has put his hand down and said, I want my people well. I want them restored. The devil came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Watch me work. Amen. Amen. That's how good he is. It's absolutely staggering that most people can't appreciate what we have in this nation. There are many places around the world, they can't even get basic care, let alone advanced care for their COVID patients. Amen. In record fashion, God has allowed this nation to build up its PPE supplies, to build up its supply of ventilators. We had entire industries switch off their machines and then retrofit them so they could produce ventilators. I'll tell you what, there's too much complaint in the house of God. I said there's too much complaint in the house of God. There ought to be thanksgiving to God for what he has done. You want to see God drive this thing in the ground? Thank him. Praise him. Acknowledge what he has done. He's not done yet, is he, church? Now they're talking about 70 to 75% herd immunity as the vaccines roll out by May. Other voices said, we'll be putting up with this for years and years to come. No, you thank God it's dead in Jesus' name. You thank God it's dealt with in Jesus' name. What about Thanksgiving in the COVID season? Use your Thanksgiving, that anointing, as a weapon against this thing. And we'll salvage a whole lot more lives than we would complaining. And the belly aching. Now lean in. Belly aching didn't go very well for Israel. I think God has the same attitude towards it. <laughs> a heart of gratitude. Number two, words of gratitude. Not just a heart where you're inwardly grat, but express it. Thank Him. And when God blesses you and does something, you know, in your life through other people, thank them, bless them, bless them, thank them. Let that be your lifestyle. I suppose I got to say something. No, you get to say something. And third, actions of gratitude. Do something with the goodness that God has given you. Be that dispenser like Abraham. Amen. He was blessed, profuse, increase of favors so he could be a dispenser of goodness to other people. Say it with me, I'm a dispenser of goodness because I have goodness dispensed in me. I tell you, the, the attitude 
that, that develops by the Spirit of God where you are habitually in lifestyle fashion, grateful and full of thanksgiving, it will attract things to your life. Listen to me. Gratitude attracts increase. Come on, confess it. Gratitude attracts increase. What do you suppose a lack of it does? It repels it. Well, I would have gratitude if this and this and this were fixed. No, first, get the gratitude fixed in your life. And you'll start to attract the good things of God in your life. And anybody in this room in the natural could have a lot of things to say, a lot of reasons to complain, the hardships, the challenges. I think about the healthcare professionals. I mean, God bless their hearts, the things that they're willing to do. How many know you don't have, not all the heroes are in New York on 9 11? They're right here in our room and throughout our community. Give me a big hand clap and thank God for them. Amen. They're still out there. And Sister Tinsley, you were in South Dakota. Is that correct? North Dakota because they had a, a severe outbreak. And what does she do in her time off? She's not teaching. Right. She goes up there to help. Amen. Give her a hand clap. Praise God. I think about the teachers. We're teaching face-to-face. No, then we're going to non-traditional. No, we're going back to face-to-face. Now we're going non-traditional. I mean, our school systems are being treated like yo-yos. And the kids are the ones on the string. Because they complain? Yeah. Is it difficult? Yeah. I think about the small business owners. I know business owners now... One in particular that this ministry connects with quite often, they've, they've you know, expended all the savings in that organization. They used it to keep the people paid. Now they're facing the challenge of trying to keep afloat just with you know, service out the door. A lot of these organizations aren't designed that way. Now think about them and the, and the hardship. But you know, complaining and bickering is not going to bring the victory to you. Gratitude. Everybody say gratitude. And we declare our healthcare professionals are safe in Jesus' name. We declare our teachers are blessed and able to adjust at everything thrown at them. And we say in Jesus' name our small businesses are not going under in Callaway County. They are thriving in Jesus' name. God is blessing them and protecting them. Church itself, I think about fellow pastors around the country. In churches, in leadership, discouragement is running rapid. Why? Because they've had to deal with everything that you're dealing with, plus the effect of that in a, in a cumulative way. I had friends in the ministry. I mean, there are really, really tough times going on. But how do you understand that's not going to get the church out? Gratitude is. I said gratitude is. I said gratitude is. I say gratitude is. It's easy for pastors to preach to people who aren't even there. And and you know I'm talking about y'all right now, so y'all just. But how about thanking God for who is there? I mean, if there was a nuclear explosion downtown, some of y'all would be here today. Yeah, you would. You'd have your nuclear suit on, but you'd be here. 
I mean, there are other people who get a hangnail, you don't see them for six months. Jesus. Jesus delivered me from this hangnail. Jesus. And you got everything in between. But how do you know if the Lord shows up? Amen? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty and freedom. So like the business owners, like the teachers, like the healthcare professionals, pray and lift up spiritual leaders across the country. Because some of them don't have the liberty that you and I have today. They're really, really under pressure, big time. One pastor is facing a half a million dollar in fines just for having services like this. John MacArthur and I don't see eye to eye on a lot of theological issues, but the fact is he has every right to have church services in his California church and have the state get off his back. Amen. The Bill of Rights is not there to protect the state from the church. It's to protect the church from the state. That's why it's there. And here it comes encroaching upon the rights of God's people. Well, complaining is not going to work. But gratitude is. Say it with me. I choose to be gracious, graceful, thankful, filled with gratitude. I have a heart of gratitude. I have words of gratitude. I have actions of gratitude in Jesus' name. You know, an article came out in... Um, from Harvard Medical School, talked about two particular researchers, and they said that they had three groups of people, and one group wrote things every day that they were irritated about. Now, I mean, that'd be pretty easy right now. Another group wrote things only that they were positive about and pleased with and thankful about. Then there was a a third group that wrote about things that, that had affected them, neither positive nor negative. They just wrote them down. They said after 10 weeks, those who wrote about gratitude were more optimistic and felt better about their lives. Listen to this. Surprisingly, they also exercised more, had fewer visits to physicians than those focused on the sources of aggravation. It touched the minds, it touched the bodies, it touched their spirits just by being thankful. There's another researcher who did psychological interventions on 411 people. And the assignment was to write and deliver a letter of gratitude to someone you had never properly thanked for regarding his or her kindness. And it said, as they did this, they tracked it, and immediately they said the people who participated exhibited a huge increase in happiness scores. Watch this. Out of all the other interventions that helped them psychologically and emotionally, this impact, We're talking about with drugs, with counseling, with therapy, with activities, with tests, with batteries, with scores, the whole nine yards, everything they threw at them. They said the impact was greater than any other intervention when they just simply had them write down that thank you letter to somebody else. That's how powerful gratitude is. How many rather write a letter than take a pill? I'd be rather say, thank you, Jesus, you know, than be completely out of your mind and out of your heart, month after month, year after year. That's how powerful gratitude is.